Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the In Awe Podcast in our series on connectors this month. Women being featured are illustrating for us the power in connecting always, as well as what that looks like now during the COVID-19 pandemic. Each of these women has reminded me to be intentional about connecting for the benefit of those who need it, for myself, and for this community. On days when I struggle and feel disillusioned, these messages have been the charge I need to keep me connecting. I know today's episode will inspire this special community, and I am excited to share her with you. Latrice D. Younger has over 10 years of teaching experience across three different districts as an English language arts and SAT prep verbal teacher for grades 6 through 12. She possesses a Bachelor of Arts in English Education and a Master's of Educational Leadership with a concentration in technology education. Throughout her tenure with Dinwiddie County, Enrico County, and Richmond City Public Schools in Virginia, she received numerous awards and accolades such as Star Teacher of the Year, Teacher of the Month, and a Learning Leader Recipient Award. She has also been privileged to serve in several leadership capacities such as Effective School-Wide Discipline Incentive Coordinator, School Newsletter Advisor, Teacher Appreciation Committee Chair, Mentorship Director, Administrative Intern, District-Wide Professional Development Presenter, In-Service PD Coach, Cooperating Teacher of a Practicum Student, District Representative at Fall, Virginia Department of Education, ELA Conference, and ELA Curriculum Writing Partner for two districts. That's a lot. In 2016, Mrs. Younger served as Director of Achievement in Literacy with Catapult Learning, Inc. She also served as an Instruction Assessment and Data Analysis Specialist with Richmond City Public Schools. She was promoted to serve as one of three assistant principals at Eckhart Thompson Middle School in 2017. Mrs. Younger currently serves as a student, uh, she serves the students of Culpeper Middle as an AP where she has been since the fall of 2018. She believes that the perfect recipe for teachers is a wonderful blend of empathy, resolve, content knowledge, and passion for students. Her work is driven by the virtuous quote, intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. She believes that her role is to serve and attributes that to her undying faith in Christ. In this episode, we discuss what it is like leading a school and connecting during COVID-19 with added personal challenges of loss. We discuss Latrice's skills at being a connector in her family, her role in education, and through the community she has built to support Black women educational leaders. I am deeply inspired by Latrice's strong leadership, her big heart, and the way she connects people and ideas to higher meaning. I have no doubt that you will love this conversation, and I am honored to share with you Latrice Younger's Connector's story. Welcome, Latrice Younger, to the In Awe podcast. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to be having this conversation with you right now. I know that it's meant to be, and I cannot wait for my listeners to get to know you. Awesome. Good morning to you, Sarah. We have been connected for a good little while, but this is the first time we've been able to have a really good back and forth conversation. And we did a little pre-chatting listeners. And I just have to tell you that this woman is so uh, spirit connected and I'm just super excited. But can you do me a favor, Latrice? There might be some people in my listenership that just don't know you yet. Would you give us a little bit of some background and some current context to what you are up to in this world of ours? Sure. I am 
am a Queens, New York native. I am one of three girls born to both my parents. My dad immigrated to this country from Jamaica. My mom was born in Brooklyn, New York. And I presently live in the central to northern Virginia area. Uh, I work at Culpeper Middle School as an assistant principal. And I am the mother of one son, Charles Younger Jr. And I'm married to the wonderful Charles Younger Sr. Well, that's a really wonderful history <laughs> that you're sharing. And of course, in the bio I read, you've been in so many different places and and served in so many different capacities. But I just love mm-hmm. how you grounded it there with, you know, what's most important to you. And mm-hmm. we have you here on the series on connectors, which I'm really excited about because I know that you have so much good wisdom to share with us. So can we just get started a little bit in talking since you gave your background, you're in Northern Virginia. You want to talk a little bit about some of the um, challenges and uh, joys of leading right now during COVID-19 and and maintaining connections? Sure. I will tell you um, one of the greatest challenges has been just ensuring that people know that I'm still here for them. Um, I think for as an assistant principal, some of my teachers may feel a little bit of angst maybe reaching out because they understand that I have some things that are going on in my personal family life um, with my family from New York City, and they don't wish to overwhelm me, but I'm still here. I'm every bit up here to help them and to serve them. Um, I've actually received a couple of emails from some parents where students were hesitant to reach out to me via email, so they would ask a parent to probably do it for them, um, which was pretty cool. But um, I just want people to know that I am still here. It doesn't matter that we're not in the building. Um, That does not change who I am. I'm still a servant at heart. And so that's been probably one of the greatest challenges that I think I've had, um, just making sure that people still feel connected and that they still feel as if they can reach out and get support. Pretty hard uh, for all of us right now. And so a couple of things that I wanted to peel apart is um, it's really beautiful to hear that your learning community has empathy for you. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, are you willing to share a little bit about that challenge that you're facing right now with your family in regards sure. to, yeah. Sure, definitely. Um, my mother's oldest brother um, passed away due to COVID-19. We're still not exactly sure how he contracted it because I was told that he left the house maybe once Mm. (laughs) um, since the outbreak began. And so at least we all have in our mindsets, it only takes one time. And it's very important for everyone to remember to take those precautions um, as indicated by our medical professionals. But um, so he passed away two weeks ago and we still do not have a set funeral date because the uh, funeral directors and the morgues are just that overwhelmed right now in New York. Um, And so my mother and I have been communicating. I call her once a week just to check on her to make sure she is okay. And she has advised that likely we will have a Zoom funeral so that the rest of us can be connected um, and feel some sort of peace in that way. Um, And that's just, that's tough (laughs) to accept because when someone passes away, you want to be there with those that you love. You want to grieve together. Um, So this is just a very unique and difficult and trying situation right now. And what I appreciate about that is, you know, my regular listeners and and you and I've been connected. There's a part of me that wants to say, but you know, there's a silver lining. We can still connect. And I think, no, I mean, we just have to sit in this. Mm -hmm. Renee Brown says, embrace this. Mm -hmm. 
I have experienced a a loss myself, and I've been very public about that Mm -hmm. on the podcast and on social media, just trying to show that the grieving, um, it doesn't, first of all, under what we would call normal circumstances, is already hard, but it's been so exacerbated with the fact that you just can't even, like, reach out and get a hug and share a story, and, um, you know, it it really makes me think about um, our traditions and why they exist, Mm -hmm. you know for that connection piece that we long for and crave. So I just wanted to say that I am so deeply sorry for your loss and your family's loss. I appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I also heard you say too, um, in the, in the experience that you were having with staying connected, you know, you're not in the building. Do you want to talk about maybe just maybe some of the thing we need to do is smile and, and picture what that looked like right now in May, what would, what would connecting with your learning community look like on a normal circumstance kind of day? Oh, it would be tons of fun in May because um, in my district, we actually end school in May. Um, school would have been ending in about two weeks. Mm. So you can imagine at that time of the school year, we are in uh, standardized test mode. Um, students are ready for the summertime to begin. Teachers are definitely ready for the summertime to begin. <laughs> and everyone's just in good spirits and excited about, you know, just being able to be with their families and go hang out at the beach and go into the mall and movie theaters. Um, it would just be a time where there's a lot of busyness, but also just a lot of excitement. Um, and I'm missing that right now. It's it's tough to get up and look at a computer every day because there are no little humans around you to connect with, to share with, um, to sit with at lunch and just kind of hang out. That process has been kind of stripped away from us. And that that is the challenge, but that is something that I can kind of keep in the forefront of my mind when we get to the end of next school year and we're all feeling very busy and we're all feeling tired. I can reflect back and say, you know what? There was a time where you didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so cherish it. And I hope that's something that every administrator right now is starting to wrestle with. When we get to those times where we feel overwhelmed, where we feel lots of stress and strain, we will think back to this time where we missed it. And we really wish we were able to connect and engage with people in that way. I'm sitting here trying to bounce back from a little emotion because I, um, you know, I just yesterday I'm in a boxer group with, uh, women in secondary ed and we're just sharing uh, the challenges right now on uh, how do you run a, a graduation via zoom? Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, trying to figure out the logistics of that. You know, it was already hard to figure out what you were going to wear. I'm sorry. Women in leadership. That's just, let's face it. That's a challenge. And then we're thinking about how we're going to, you know, appear on on Zoom. And, and yes. so, you know, I was thinking back and, and I just, I miss school. I've been missing school mm-hmm. for two years, but hearing you say that as a mm-hmm. good reminder to us, you know, that when things get back to normal, um, you know, maybe this time for us is just to sit back and, and be grateful for those hectic, chaotic times. That's because right. as you described the school year, it's like, yes, there are, there are rhythms to a school year and this mm-hmm. is definitely off rhythm. <laughs> this is definitely. Yeah. So, 
I love so much that you work with middle schoolers. And so do you want to um, share at all? Uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that people always say is, well, you got to be crazy to work with middle schoolers. What do you love <laughs> about connecting with middle school? <laughs> you know what? You One, people are right. You do have to be a little crazy to work with middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the best things I think about that group is that they are still at a place where you can sort of mold them. You can still... Um, influence them to turn their lives around. You know, I taught uh, both middle and high school and I loved my high schoolers dearly, but it's something about getting a child at that middle phase and being able to take a child who felt as if he or she didn't belong or who did not feel that school was for them um, and just changing that mindset and that mentality and getting them back on the right track. There's something about that process that keeps me motivated as a middle school administrator. I love that I have them at this age where I can still be able to give them some type of inspiration um, and they can accept and receive it pretty easily. Uh, Whereas with the high schoolers, a lot of them, as they grow older and progress, they become very set in their ways. Um, So I just, I feel like this is a phase where there's still a great opportunity to sort of mold um, students and to turn them back on the tracks to positivity. It's such a beautiful observation that you make and a sign of your servant heart in that way um, because there is so much going on at that middle school level with mm-hmm. brain development and hormone <laughs> development and, and everything. And, and I agree, I, you know, if we're, even if we're a little crazy, part of it is we have to be to, to reach out. But just that image of you being that steady kind of mm-hmm. rock in the river there to, to help them is really a beautiful a beautiful mindset. One of the things that we talked about in the pre-chat is, um, you know, Latrice, you and I got connected via Twitter, which is a really great place to make connections. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, yes, isn't it? I mean, so many people have a negative sense and I think that that can be pervasive, but I, don't you agree? I, well, first of all, the algorithms tell us this. The more you engage with um, an item, the more you'll see it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. But mm-hmm. also, um, you know, I think it's it's not what you look at, it's what you see. And I know that you are a person who really tries to connect and cultivate positivity. Do you want to talk a little bit about that space and um, maybe how you keep those connections positive? Sure. Um, I just try to uh, I try to follow people who are very like minded. Um, I know, like we spoke about in our pre-chat, that my faith is what anchors me. And so I can't allow anything that's negative to take up my mindset and my space. I know that everything that I engage with has to be on that positive track. Um, just to keep me motivated. And so I try to follow people who I see doing positive things, who are engaged and interacting with their kids in positive ways, um, who are trying to make great connections with teachers and just trying to learn more and do more. I have a very growth mindset. Um, I've held several different education uh, leadership positions in a sum of about 10 years. And I'm fairly young, but I know that that's just the way 
I stay motivated. I need to constantly move and grow and try new things. Um, So when I connect with people on Twitter, I just try to make sure I look for people who have positive energy, um, post things that will motivate and inspire me. And also people that I can sort of reach out to and give some support um, to as well, because sometimes there are teachers or aspiring administrators and they just need somebody to give them a push that everything will be all right, that things will be better. Um, So I try to post things that I find on the Internet about, you know, webinars for aspiring administrators or um, professional development opportunities for teachers so that I can keep other people going too. everything that I do is always so that I can help someone else. That's just who I am. And it's so beautiful. I want the listeners to hear this. Latrice was actually, again, we've never met, never talked, but she was a part of my Lead with Faith launch team. And the beautiful part about that is a testimony to who you are in service. If anybody's listening and you've ever either wanted to write a book or you have, you understand that launching a book is one of the most vulnerable and scary things that we do. And Latrice, you've just been so supportive with that message. And so, you know, just being that person who not only connects, but also supports and uplifts is one of your gifts. And so I want to thank you for that. Just publicly. Thank you. Because you're very welcome to me. You're very welcome. Definitely. I love that your voice and leadership is so strong. And I don't, I honestly think age is, it's, it's a number, right? And so, <laughs> that is correct. You know, you have really gained a lot of really great experiences in your time and leadership. And now, I mean, you also serve in a really big way that I want the listeners to hear about. Do you want to talk about your um, Black Women in Educational Leadership? Sure. Black Women Education Leaders is a Twitter page that I curate and um, create content for. It's uh, better known as Be Well. Um, The handle is at leaders underscore black because I guess everything else has been taken up. Uh, (laughs) You know how how Twitter can be sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But one of the reasons why I created this space is because I um, felt that African-American women in leadership are so few and far between. Um, there just aren't always as many positions of leadership that are either available to us or that we know of. Um, and I just see, based on other uh, women's dissertations that they've published, that there is sort of a lack of uh, African-American women in leadership. And so I wanted to amplify those who have ascended to those spaces. I wanted to make sure that I can put out content that celebrates and supports them because it is a very unique situation to be quite frankly, an African-American leader. Um, sometimes there are things that you may have to endure uh, just because, unfortunately, of the color of your skin. It's not fair. Um, it's not fun. But microaggression is a very real thing. It does exist. And so you have two choices. You can either be really negative and start to withdraw and maybe not want to engage and interact with people, or you can put a spin on that and you can 
um, just highlight what are those positive things about African-American women that make us so desirable as leaders, because there's a lot of leadership potential in many of us. And so I chose to take the latter. I chose to just make sure that Black women who are in leadership positions um, and educational leadership positions feel empowered um, and never cower and never um, feel as if they do not have a voice and cannot speak up because that's very important for all women um, to always know that you are urged to speak up in any space that you occupy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm so, I love this, um, love this conversation. Can you do me a favor and explain microaggressions for the listener. Sure. So microaggressions, and it may seem like it's something that many people, some people don't believe that microaggression is even a thing, but really it has to do with just sort of daily like verbal or maybe behavioral, sometimes unintentional um, communication styles toward people who are either of a different race, of a different gender, because that exists um, very much so, um, who may have disabilities, um, just prejudicial slights or insults towards people. And it's not, again, intentional. There are some times where I may have made a comment or statement and someone may feel that I'm being angry or that I'm overbearing, when in fact, it isn't that at all. I'm very data-driven. And so most of the things that I try to communicate, I'll always have some type of data behind me to support me. And so it's just the feeling of not being able to be your whole authentic self. And that's what a person who has experienced a microaggression feels. Like you can't be yourself for fear of retribution. And that's not fair. We all should be able to be our natural God-given selves at all times in all spaces. Absolutely. And so, you know, I asked the question just in case listeners hadn't heard of it. When I sure. think about um, anybody in a situation where they are part of the non-dominant mm -hmm. situation. So we have power dynamics at play in all of our spaces. And so I love, Latrice, how you peeled that apart so well. Um, to, to deny that microaggressions exist is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> I just, because they're so there, you know. That's um, right. We as women know that, period. <laughs> right. Women know this, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> and so just the, the blonde jokes, you know. The, yes. Disney yes. Blonde, things like yes, that. that that's know, right. Oh, it's, it's all made in jest, but it's that's really right. not, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether we think it's intentional or not, it's present. And so I just encourage you listeners, if you haven't read about microaggressions, I highly recommend it. I also heard you, you talk about one of the major issues in regard to leadership is mm -hmm. in women in leadership and specifically women of color in leadership that deal with stereotypes, right? Yes. So, you know, we talk about leadership behaviors and we talk about how a man who speaks directly is assertive, mm -hmm. but a woman mm -hmm. who speaks directly is aggressive. Right? Yes. <laughs> and so brought to higher levels, when you look at the intersectionality of our, our genders and our race and our, uh, our other identities, right? And so mm -hmm. I just appreciate you bringing that up because I've seen it. I have experienced it. Um, and we need people that are connecting one another to keep beating it back. And so That's right. this community that you've created, uh, I just love so much that you're doing that um, because, yeah, the data in, in school leadership for women is that we aren't to parity um, mm -hmm. and you're a secondary leader. So, you know, we know that I think the most recent data is still 25 percent. Mm -hmm. um, 
women at the at the high school level and superintendency, but that that broken down um, further, disaggregating it is much less women of color. So exactly. I'm super proud of, of the fact that you're building this community. I'm watching it. I'm going to support it. And I hope listeners, you engage with that. I will be sure to link the handle uh, so that you can check out what Latrice is doing. I was just on there earlier today and I was all excited because you got somebody who's doing a live webinar today and of course yes. self-care and I'm going, oh good. I want to encourage you, um, keep it up. And I'm really excited to see where that can grow for you and for the community that you're building around that. Awesome. Thank you. So in terms of connections, I want to, I want to have one more conversation about this idea because you brought up faith and I was making a connection myself and thinking about, um, man, the challenges of this year and how our, you know, we like our one words are walking out and how we can create connection to our current storm that we're in to where we started. So for me, this year is supposed to be about serve. And I cannot believe how many opportunities just keep coming at my door that I I honestly haven't even had to intentionally seek out. They're just there. And um, it's it's funny how that's working. So I know that you said at the turn of the year, you've been focusing on a particular mindset. Um, And I think it would serve the listeners to hear a little bit about that. Do you want to speak about that? Definitely. I had shared with um, my colleague, uh, Bonnie Estes, that this school year, I would adopt a a Joshua mindset. I had been reading about the story of Joshua and what stays with me in my mind is Joshua 1 and 9, where God just says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the Lord is always with you wherever you go. Um, I've taken time to memorize that because it means that much to me. You know, as we deal with the onset of this pandemic and it's just so much death and derision around us, if we just go back to thinking about what anchors and sustains us, we can endure this situation and we can all come through better on the other side of it. And so that's my mindset for this this year. And it's just so, it isn't ironic because I know that God does everything with intention. I know that God gave me that mindset on January 1 because he knew what was coming. He knew what I would need to do in order to keep myself grounded. He knew what we were all going to endure. And so I'm just happy to be able to openly share that message to anyone who will accept it. Be strong and be courageous. That's so beautiful. And I'm grateful that we could hear that from you. It just helped me feel very calm. Um, I read just yesterday this beautiful devotional um, image and I just feel like it's the time to share that is, uh, and I don't, I was actually trying to look it up to find its accuracy, but it was talking about um, this, the American Institute of Art after the Vietnam War had done like a, a contest, an art contest. And the winner of it, the idea was that it had to be in body peace. And the winner of it was an image of like storm clouds on a field and just this torrential, this crazy storm. And Mm -hmm. in a field was a tree that was bending to the wind. In that tree was a mother bird with her arms over the nest. Mm -hmm. And it just was titled peace. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think about that, how, you know, courageous uh, that bird is and has to be. And then it makes me think about scripture where we praise, you know, we don't worry about what's coming. The birds don't worry. Like we don't worry, right? That's right. (laughs) All making these connections in my heart right now and hearing that um, we are in the midst of a storm and we we don't Mm -hmm. know when it's going to end, but being faithful and courageous no matter what comes at us. So, man, I just love, I love that your year started out that way and that you could share that with us right now. I think that mission landed. Awesome. 
Okay, so I have my two standard questions. And if I don't ask them, we will be talking forever because I absolutely for you. <laughs> so the first one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Um, if I could write a letter to myself at any age or stage, it would likely be um, as I was about to graduate from college. And I know at that time I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. I had yet to pass uh, what's called the Praxis exam so that I could be an endorsed teacher. But as I think about advice, I would probably say to myself not to take anything for granted because every single experience is meant to make you exactly who you are, who God intends for you to be. And that just means sometimes adopting both those good and those bad experiences to make you who you are, adopting and accepting them. Um, you know, I spent about a year uh, outside of college not teaching. I actually worked as what's called an origin agent, destination agent uh, worker with um, United Van Lines. I scheduled the moves and I became very discouraged because I almost felt like I'd wasted four years of college and could not get through my exam so that I could become a certified teacher. And then in January of the following year, uh, after I'd been working there, I was actually offered a position with Dinwiddie County Public Schools on what's called a provisional license. And I managed to pass my test about two years into teaching. And I know that God prepared me for that teaching position through my origin agent, destination agent position because I learned good organizational skills. Um, I learned how to work with people. Uh, I learned how to publicly speak. And so all of those things helped to make me the teacher that I became. And I taught English. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely, there is no better content. I'm sorry, all other teachers. <laughs> there is no other content as great as English language arts. <laughs> Toni Morrison wrote um, that the hunger for narrative is as old as time. Yes, it definitely is. People crave a good story. And so there is no better place to be than in a classroom with students where you get to teach them about a story that will change their lives. Nothing better. No other feeling like it. Um, so again, you know, I just tell myself that keep in mind that everything that you're experiencing, you should never take for granted because you're going to need all of those experiences, both those good and those bad to keep going. Well, you're not going to get any contradiction here from a fellow <laughs> English teacher. <laughs> but I knew you would love that. <laughs> what a beautiful story and your own story. And I'm just so glad we got a part of it. You are an incredibly resilient person. And I just feel like you sharing that history um, through your letter there was meant to land for somebody who might have a similar struggle right now. You know, we strive. Mm -hmm. We just you're striving for a dream and, and just, you know, about the time you feel like you want to give up, hopefully you can look back and realize whatever it was was a training ground for you. That's, That's right. So beautiful. All right. How about this one? If we have listeners who find themselves in the pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear words from you right now to help them. I don't certainly want to preach at anyone, but I just say connect to someone or something greater than yourselves um, because it will give you hope. It will give you inspiration, even if that something is volunteering for a cause that suits you. Um, the more we connect and engage with things that have nothing to do with our own gain, we become stronger. We become more empathetic. We become 
more useful to those around us. Um, it molds you and shapes you into a better human being. And so for me, I know that was my formation of my relationship with Christ. Um, my Christianity gives me the courage to withstand any obstacle. And I know that as long as I keep and maintain my faith, I never have anything to fear. So very well stated. And I love how you brought it back to connecting, which means that you're exactly meant to be featured right here in your mission. Your message is landing, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. So Latrice, I'm so grateful for this time with you. And I know that my listeners are definitely going to want to connect with you. And of course, I will link everything. But would you like to share the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. The best way to connect with me is on Twitter. I'm there quite a lot. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Latrice Younger, L-A-T-R-E-S-E, -E, last name Younger. Um, and another way you can connect is through the Be Well Twitter page, which is at leaders underscore black. Well, listeners, you heard it. I will be sure to link it so that you can connect both with Latrice and the Be Well page. Latrice, I am rooting for you. I am so grateful that you were in my circle. I'm blessed by you every single time we interact. And I am so grateful that you joined me today so that my listeners could hear from you. Sarah, this has truly been a pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. Thank you. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.